Hello, hello, everyone, and welcome to a By the Numbers show, the last By the Numbers show of 2022. I'm so excited to be back. I am so excited to be joined by two very special amazing people. One is, of course, Mike Murray, who has been holding down the fort in my absence. And I mean, this show wouldn't be possible without him. So it was possible without me, but I loved, loved, you know, just listening to it the last few weeks. And so, Mike, thank you so much. How are you doing? Anytime, Nicole. Good to have you back. Uh, it was fun, but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm glad I, I missed you a little bit too. So I'm glad you're back. <laughs> We're here and in the year. It's a SNL stats solstice celebration for Cecily tonight. So just wanted to uh, rattle that one off and get the alliteration going and introduce John Schneider. Hello. Yeah. Well, surprise introduction, but yes, I'm here <laughs> uh, on the shortest day of the year, the winter solstice, as Mike said, and as Beyonce would say, you won't break my solstice. Very happy to be here with both the two of you back together again. So Nicole, it's been weird not having you on the podcast for the last few weeks. It's uh, There's been a hole in the podcast coverage, but I'm happy to have you back and get your thoughts on SNL. Thank you. I'm happy to be back. I have had a very hectic few weeks, but I am now very much back and ready to be back. And um, I've I've missed it too. I've missed you guys. And so we're, we're back and it's a fun yeah, episode. Yeah, look what you did. You came back and then Cecily left. It's all your fault. I know. I know. I know. Um, I, I'm excited to be back. I feel like I, I was so sad not to be here for the Kiki Palmer episode. More sad to not be there for that one than last week. You know, Steve and Marty, I adore forever, but I just think that the Kiki episode was like, just incredible and i i was dying to talk about it on on by the numbers but i just things came up and i couldn't be here but oh my gosh i mean we've had i feel like december do you guys agree december has been if if you kind of average the episodes it's been the best month of snl this fall do you guys both agree with that definitely like not even very cold take i feel like hard hard to you know debate that one right for sure. I mean, there's been really no duds. Like, there's been a few weird sketches throughout, but like, that's, you know, par for the course. This has been a really good month of Saturday Night Live. Plenty to talk about. And for me, yeah, it, it was dicey the first couple of months. Like, there were some really good things there, like, probably like things to pick out. But if like December looked a lot like October and November, then it would be like there would be a lot of question marks going into the new year. And I think everybody's on a high going into 2023. Same. Mike, what about you? Yeah, I agree. I think uh, Kiki is probably the best host. Um, I really, you know, sang her praises after that show. I thought she was like fantastic. And then, um, yeah, I was surprised how good Austin Butler was too. But I think this kind of goes to my take over the past couple of years of this podcast is that I think I'm preferring hosts that I don't know because almost every time they've been like one of my favorite hosts. So Austin Butler, Kiki Palmer, Reggae Jean Page in 46, Ariana DeBose last year, just like Hey, just surprise me, low, you know, low expectation, and then it's it's been higher than even my expectation for a host I like already. So I've been happy about that. And then, yeah, I think there was high highs and low lows in the first couple of months. There was some really good sketches, some really bad ones, 
and now even the bad ones, <laughs> the, the the floor is higher. So the ceiling is still high, but the floor is higher. So I'm looking forward to the next year, and I think it's going to be a shakeup, but continue the good progress. Same. And now we are talking about Cecily leaving. This was her last episode. So definitely big changes in 2023. I saw on Twitter someone said, um, I mean, it's, there, there's so many like huge iconic sketches where now there's no one left from them. Like all these like big group sketches from like 2014, you know, the like big ones from eight years ago. And now like it felt like everyone was there and all of a sudden no one is there from from certain big moment. So it really, I think with Cecily leaving, it marks officially, like, I, I would say you can define eras by like, when you look at famous sketches with a lot of people in them, if you don't see any of those people anymore, we're in a new era. So we're like very, very, very much with that. And then Jost and Che, of course, are, are the exception where they're, they're still here. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm still enjoying them. But I do feel like we're, we're having some I'm seeing some some excitement potentially with different people who could could kind of take that on in the future. So, and Keenan's anyway. also evergreen or ever keen. Of course, ever keen. Yeah. I feel like when we talk, I don't even think of Keenan in, in in these conversations. I feel like we all just like bypass that because Keenan Keenan could Keenan. Okay, I got it. Keenan to SNL is like Alexa Demi to is is the is the male Alexa Demi. Like you know, this how is the kind of thing we know? missed not having you here. Oh yeah, I'm sure everyone's loving loving this comparison right now. Who's listening? Totally. Um, uh, for the folks at home, who is Alexa Demi? So she's she's the the actress from Euphoria who who she's like 32, which is not old at all. But people when people found out a few years ago that she was like 29 at the time, and everyone thought that she was like 18 because she just looks so young. All of a sudden, the joke online was that she's like, you know, people would post pictures from, you know, the, the caveman days or from, you know, ancient Greece or medieval times and things like that and being like, Alexa was there, Alexa was there, you know. Um, and just the joke being that, like, she, she's been here for thousands of years because she looks so young, but of course she's 32. And that's how I see Keenan. It's like when I, I don't even think of him as in the same category as everyone else. It's like, he's been here since the medieval times and he's looked the same, you know, when he was a caveman, him and Alexa Demi just running around foraging, hunting and gathering, whatever they looked the same then as they do now. And, um, that's a reference for some people and not for everyone. And, you know, that's what I'm here for. That is true. Can't, can't deny can't, that. Can't argue with you on that one. Anyways, yeah. I think let's just dive right into the numbers. Let's let's go into something that we're all here for. Um, so first of all, we'll just, John, you want to just mention quickly who people thought, our, our social media audience, who did people think got the most screen time this, this episode? Yes, I think it was almost 70% of the audience voted that they thought Cecily Strong had the most amount of screen time this week. In fact, it was 68%. That's the exact number. So that is a massive number. I think probably the biggest disparity between any one cast member and any other cast members in terms of screen time predictions for the season. Number two was Mikey Day, 9%. Chloe Feynman, 8%. And Heidi Gardner were both tied 8%. Uh, and then Bowen Yang at 5% there. Interesting enough, uh, Sarah Sherman, not a lot of votes, even though she had the Jewish Elvis uh, thing going on this week. So I uh, thought that was interesting. But yeah, a lot of votes came in for Cecily. Go figure. But uh, let's bring up the screen time from this week and we'll talk about it all and see what they actually did 
this week. All right, and I will read this out. So, of course, Austin Butler is first with 20 minutes and 12 seconds, eight appearances total. Then we have Cecily Strong, so that's 68%. Of course, that only includes cast members. When we ask people to vote, we take out the host because it's it's pretty much an obvious number one always. So Cecily Strong is number two, first for cast members with 14 minutes and one second. Colin Jost is next with eight minutes and 53 seconds. Heidi Gardner, eight minutes, 21 seconds. James Austin Johnson, seven minutes, 46 seconds. Bowen Yang, six minutes, 22 seconds. Lizzo, six minutes, 17 seconds. Mikey Day, 5 minutes, 41 seconds. Chloe Feynman, 5 minutes, 10 seconds. Keenan Thompson, 4 minutes, 29 seconds. Sarah Sherman, 4 minutes, 10 seconds. Michael Che, 3 minutes, 51 seconds. Ego Wodum, 3 minutes, 45 seconds. Marcelo Hernandez, 2 minutes, 19 seconds. Andrew Dismukes, 1 minute, 47 seconds. Punky Johnson, 1 minute, 38 seconds. Michael Longfellow, 1 minute, 27 seconds. Devin Walker, 1 minute, 25 seconds. Ben Marshall, 1 minute, 10 seconds. John Higgins, 1 minute, 9 seconds. Martin Hurley, one minute, two seconds. Molly Carney, 32 seconds. And Steve Higgins with 19 seconds. So, Mike, starting with you, anything you want to highlight and what else do you notice here? Yeah, a couple things. Uh, first of all, just anecdote collecting this screen time. Um, I watched the Jewish Elvis sketch live. Um, actually, no, I watched it a little late. but And I was like, didn't love it, didn't hate it. Felt like kind of a normal just sketch. And then I was doing the screen time of it and then i watched it six times in a row which i don't know then it just started freaking me out the more i watched it so i don't know if i'm, I'm recommending that or i don't recommend it but it was bizarre i was like this sketch is so weird and like so freaky and like why are they yelling at bowen calling him like a fat a-hole and i was like dancing diet cokes i don't know that was just my you know behind the curtain collecting screen time like this sketch is really freaky. So me I believe John, the line. Me and John are sobbing, holding our, holding, biting our tongues over here. Yeah, I, I believe it. the line from Cecily was this. Get your fat ass off the stage. <laughs> yeah, to me, that was top five sketches of the season. Absolutely. Top five sketches of my life. That was so good. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it. just, it was like very trippy um the more you watched it. So it was a sketch that had like 11 camera angles. So it wasn't really a, a expedient way for me to collect the data so i had to just like mm -hmm. power through for each person so you're salty from the data perspective no I, I think I, I liked it more when i watched it because it was just like freaking me out so much usually like you know mm. i'm paying attention to other things in the background when i do that and i was just like what is going on with this so a little sidetrack from the screen time but that was a data collection story that i i couldn't um yeah mike's like i could collect the data i could i don't want to my back hurts <laughs> Well, I do have my Diet Coke right now, like a good Jew over here. And I just have to say also, and then Mike, finish what you're saying about other things. But I was thinking about how interesting it was obviously a Sarah A-roll showcase, but it was interesting that Sarah, I, I feel like Sarah got about as much screen time as everyone else, because every time there was a shot of the audience, everyone who was in the audience got, you know, screen time. So I thought that was interesting that like, I feel like half the time it was on Sarah and half the time it was on everyone else, meaning that everyone who was in that sketch, I feel like got about the same amount of screen time. It was just that Sarah had the full screen to herself for the majority of her time, whereas everyone else was in more of like a B-roll capacity. But that was interesting when you think of like the pure screen time. I was, I was wondering about that as I watched it. 
Yeah, that's kind of what I meant about like how they were splintering off between it was like Cecily, yeah, Cecily and Austin, and then like um, Chloe next to Ego, and then the whole group of them. And I was like, there was too much to like, uh, couldn't have too many variables to get an accurate count on that sketch. Anyway, the my my main point here was after I did last week's by the number show with Bill. Um, a lot of times, John and Nicole will ask me for like notes to put put as the caption for the social media when we post these screen time um, graphs. And I felt like I was like in my observatory, like looking at the stars and like found a comet nearing the earth because I was like, Cecily just had two 10 minute episodes in a row and I couldn't find any precedent for that in this era. And so that was what I told John. I was like, it's a little too specific for the social media, but it just stood out to me that she had 1510 in the Kiki episode, and then 12.44, the Stephen Marty, and now this one, she had 14.01. But I was like, I felt like I needed to like put my lighthouse siren on, and I was like, I think Cecily might leave after the Christmas show, because all the data is pointing this way. Didn't want to freak people out, didn't tweet it or anything, but I was like, that was my first thought, and I was like, Christmas episode, maybe two, that could be a good place to leave. Head writer has have left after Christmas episode or the director of Don Roy King, the director of SNL left after that too. I was like, this could be a thing. So that was my main takeaway from the screen time, especially now confirming that she left again. Now she has three consecutive episodes with 10 plus minutes. So that's my takeaway. Michael, John, what you do you had think? an hour last week to claim that take and you didn't do it. So I'm not giving <laughs> it to you now. I am oh, with John on that. It was, it was just a, uh, it was just you don't a want the that credit for thinking it before. Then, then, then just express it as a new thought. Wow, well, isn't it interesting that the data ended up reflecting this? And I had just kidding. I think you you did. Next time, just I don't know. But it's it's also very true because with data, we can freak people out. So I think that is a good good call to to be mindful, especially the, the tweets, especially Elon Musk's Twitter. We can freak people out sometimes on there. So I do get that. I believe you, Mike. By the way, for what it's worth, you did text. I me believe that. you too. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't you did, mind you did the text doubting. me. You did text me that uh, this was the second episode in a row with a lot of screen time for Cecily, but you did, definitely did not say you think that this is her leaving because of it. And the next time that the data, because you're the master of this, right? Like you're the guy who sees the comets in the sky before anybody else does. The next time you can prognosticate something from the data, you have to say it on mm. the podcast. Okay, that's the only way it counts. It was after the podcast, though, that had this thought. Um, so okay. we actually well, did. It. Yeah, because we, we, um, we didn't put, put the screen time up. We put it actually out early. So it was like after I was looking at everything and I was like, this is like strange. I mean, I, I'm not saying I thought she was leaving, but I'm like, this could be a clue that if it happens, I have to mention it because I'm always looking for, you know, we're also looking for like trends that are bad. Like if we can predict if you're not going to get picked up for a season two on the show, like I want to know that stat too. So I was like, this isn't, this is interesting that Cecily missed some time. So obviously when she comes back, it's going to make a splash, a bit like homecoming episode, but then it just didn't stop. So she averaged 10 minutes and 45 seconds per episode. If you include the Chappelle episode that has a minute 55, just a cold open. So I'm going to show her stats later, but I'm like, that's pretty wild. Never seen anything like that in all my data collection. Interesting. 
Yeah, this is uh, this is about what I did expect from season forty-eight, episode nine. Um, you know, JAJ obviously gets that huge boost there from the cold open, anchoring that. So I sort of expected him to be up there. I think you know, for me as more of an observer to the by the number show this season versus a panelist on every single week, one of the most fascinating aspects of hearing you guys talk about the screen time is when you're analyzing the different you know, cast members on the show, I think that the ones that are the most interesting to talk about for me is when you look at the chart, like who has multiple colors, like in their, in their line, right? And that that to me is like kind of fun, because it's like, Cecily clearly had a little bit in the cold open, like really stood out in live sketches and also had some pre tape work. So she's going to dominate the night. But like, take a look at Heidi, for example, who had like, a pretty strong role in a pre tape probably the best role in the best pre-tape of the night. She had a major spot on Weekend Update, whether you felt it was good or not. And then she also had some significant roles in live sketches. Live sketches for the night, 821. So for me, the 821 from Heidi is a really powerful 821 this week because that she's hitting the different categories on the chart. So those are the types of things like I look at Mikey Day, right? Mikey Day here at 541 has a red, has a green, has a yellow, has an orange. Okay, so that means he was in different segments of the show, and he put up a pretty decent night. That that that's a good night for me. So on update with Heidi, he said, "Oh, I wasn't in a lot of sketches this week, so here I am." Well, he was wrong because right. he was in a lot of sketches. Yeah, so that that's been impressive to me as far as like when I look at different uh, cast members this season that you guys have put up with the screen time. It's like, oh, okay, yeah, like that's really standing out. Those cast members have been in a lot of stuff that week. Yeah, I agree. I also something I've been more interested in and as we've gone on and, and thought about it is the now that we include sketch appearances contrasting that with screen time like a, a trend with chloe often this season having a lot of sketch appearances but a, like the average amount of time per appearance being pretty low consistently we're seeing her like here she's in the top half but you know the kind of the the bottom of the top half here but she has five appearances. Mikey is in a similar boat. He's right above her. They both have five appearances, but there are people above them who have, you know, three or four. So that's something I find really interesting is like, then you look at the opposite of that with Colin Jost. He has two appearances. Usually he only has one and he's still consistently pretty high up. Um, so that's just interesting to see like, not just the value of, oh, does someone make a splash for a few seconds and it's something really memorable, but also, you know, what does that mean? Like if you're going to really be in one thing and have a super memorable role in it, or if you're going to be placed throughout the episode and have little moments, like Chloe, I feel like was the total opposite last season where she would have these really isolated showcases and then we didn't see her that much. This season, it seems like she's really being placed across the episode in a lot of different capacities. Um, and then she still has those like, you know, signature Chloe showcases, often pre-tapes, um, impression-driven pre-tapes, but things like that I, I think are really interesting to see. Another one is like Marcelo had four appearances this week and, you know, he's like, I mean, b below him are his, you know, counterparts michael devin and molly his contemporaries rather like they're all below him but not so much below him and and they all had like one two or three each so things like that it's it's just interesting to see 
Mike, quick question for you. I uh, pardon if I forget. Did you do a stat yet this season on um, like screen time per appearance, like the average basically of like, let's say, you know, 31 sketches for Cecily and her total screen time divided by that. So we know which cast members are actually averaging the most amount per appearance. Sure did, John. All right. Well, <laughs> hit me with it. Is there yeah, any interesting um, numbers from there? Obviously, Colin and Michael at the top, but Cecily Strong, two minutes, five seconds. It's uh, her screen time per appearance. Followed by Mikey, Ego, Bowen, Andrew, Keenan, Heidi, JJ, and Sarah, and Molly. Um, all of their screen time per appearance are between a minute 11 for Molly and a minute 41 for Mikey. And then the bottom, for so you maybe appear often, but for a short time, is Chloe, Punky, Longfellow, Devin, and Marcelo with like a minute or less. Interesting. So Chloe's the one that like the numbers back up exactly what Nicole is saying. Like, so what is what is Chloe's average screen time per appearance? So yeah, so Chloe's at the bottom of the minutes. So that's one minute six seconds per appearance because because Chloe has thirty seven appearances and forty minutes forty two seconds total screen time. Very interesting. The other one that the other uh, name that stands out to me that I would find interesting to ask about from that metric is Keenan. It, because Keenan has a lot of bit rolls this season as opposed to like anchoring sketches. So I'm curious, what is that number for Keenan this season? One minute 38. Okay. I would love, like maybe we'll we'll do this on our next By the Number show, our mid-season one that we'll do in January. But I'd love to compare that to previous seasons of Keenan because I have a feeling, I think they're using him a lot differently this season. So that's, it's a very interesting stat. Also, has Keenan done any uh, strictly voices this season? Because Arby's, he ended up appearing in the sketch. But the voiceovers for Beck, Cecily, people like that, usually bring that average way down. Uh, where like a Bowen or Mikey will be way higher without because they don't do a lot of voices. Yeah, I think the only ones we have this season are Chloe, Heidi, and Cecily have done. By now, Cecily is out of the mix. So it'll be interesting. It's probably just Heidi and Chloe are going to do voiceover work. Right, All the more the, impressive that Cecily is still so high on the average, knowing that she still has done voiceover work this season. You know, the right. fact that that's not even bringing her down that much is, is just very significant. Yeah, I think I have her for three voiceovers um, out of her 31 appearances. So, um, yeah, two minutes, five seconds. So, um, there's been a couple of really big ones, really big appearances uh, for a long period of time. But that's, that's really high. I don't think I've seen a number that high um, ever before um, for a screen time per appearance. But um, yeah, uh, Nicole, you raised a great point. And if only someone invented a stat that combines appearances and screen time, <laughs> then these wouldn't Imagine be questions. Imagine that. Imagine if we had someone who could do something like that. Just get we give do a three or four year head start. Someone will figure it out. But <laughs> um, that you know, then you can look at the whole season at once. What do you oh think, my John? Gosh. I think it's a great idea, and I think we should do that right now. So why don't I bring up our power rankings from this week, and Nicole will read out the latest numbers for all of you. And if you don't know by now, this is, in fact, what Mike described that Mike has has created over the last few years. And it is beautiful. If you're listening, it is auditorily beautiful. If you're watching, it is visually beautiful. Equally, either way, beautiful. And I'm going to read out in order the average of the entire season so far. And now we have really, since the last time I was here, it feels like I'm looking at so much more data than a couple of weeks ago when we last did this with me being here. But I know it's, uh, you know, we've been building up to this moment now that we have nine episodes across 
across the last couple months. So I'm going to read this in order from top to bottom. Average power ranking for season 48 thus far, the first nine episodes. At the top is Keenan, 98.02, Cecily, 94.23, Heidi, 92.58, Bowen, 90.11, Mikey, 86.4, Ego, 83.26, Colin, 79.5, Chloe, 77.16, JAJ, 65.95, Sarah, 62.35, Michael Che, 52.96, Andrew Dismukes, 50.32, Michael Longfellow, 42.66, Punky, 37.74, Devin, 35.53, Marcelo, 33.61, and Molly, 26.47. Mike, what do you want to point out to start? First of all, uh, beautifully red um, and beautifully green on the chart right here. Um, so, yeah, there's a lot of, we color coded this year. So, green episodes, red episodes, orange and yellow in the middle. Um, and we have, Cecily jumping four spots. So not a surprise. It's all about Cecily. I'm going to say her name 25 more times on the podcast tonight. But she's right behind Keenan, and that's with three zeros attached to her, um, you know, weighing her down from missing the time. So three zeros followed by a 126, a 155. Dips in the Chappelle episode, which I think was by choice. Goes up to a 191, a 177, and then a 166. So these are all like crazy high numbers for this statistic so i just have to highlight and really stress the gravity of that that these are like really high episode scores and so she went up um four spots and is now right below keenan so heidi was in top spot keenan took it back and now cecily is right below keenan um and then unfortunately next by the number show she'll be off the chart because we'll be no longer in the cast so cecily going from last no no leave her on the chart that i totally disagree with Leave her on yeah. the chart because I want to see if she ends up at the bottom at the end of the season or if one of the newbies actually yeah. stays I below say leave her. Her, let's leave her on the chart, but maybe do like a light gray shading over it. And give her zeros? Yeah, 100%. Uh, okay, well, I figure she's not in the cast anymore. It would be weird to give her a zero, but I'll leave her on the chart if you want. I get. Oh, yeah. I see what you're saying. Okay, we could discuss it offline, but I think I think that's interesting. Because I, I, I would be curious if um if any of the if <laughs> i guess that's true if the, if you averaged uh 12 more zeros into cecily's if she will end up below every other cast member for the rest of the season or if somebody will have actually a worse power ranking by the end what would be your prediction Mike? um i think that she'll still be up there um because it's that high i'll one uh next time you one of you guys has a long uh uh a take I'll, I'll add in more zeros and we'll find out what the number will be the end of the season if i did that um so yeah we'll, we'll figure it out but those last three episodes were just so huge um so yeah just throwing that out there and then yeah huge nights for um colin jost he was on screen a ton in this episode and then appeared outside update too and then jaj had his second best episode of the season so we had him in the cold open so he jumped up so again i i like to put in the whether they rose or fell in the chart, but it doesn't necessarily mean they had a bad episode or anything. It just means that other people passed them. Um, so again, Keenan, Cecily, Heidi, Bowen, Mikey, and then I'll, I'll throw Ego in there. That's a top six that I'm like, that's a very, really good top six that I probably would have predicted coming in the season. And with Cecily gone, it's clearly Heidi and Bowen's show, I think, going forward. Nicole, what do you think? Mm-hmm. Well, another thing I wanted to bring up is... This season, and a trend started by Sarah Sherman, absolutely, 
definitely a trend to incorporate Colin Jost into your weekend update bit, like for clout, for um, to put the audience on your side, to have some sort of like instant relatability, to make fun of something. Like he is just to quote his own the title of his memoir, a very punchable face. Like I just feel like that trend. It's like it's it's sort of like reboot culture of like oh just you know re- reboots are so much more likely to get greenlit in Hollywood than a new idea. I feel like we're seeing so many more update features that are related to Colin somehow or end up going back to Colin. Um, and so I think because of that trend, it's it's like, of course, we, we see him, you know, Heidi's piece was Colin, Colin, Colin. And, and so when, when we have update features and they go to Jost or Che and they spend a lot of time going back and forth, you know, between them also things like that. So that's just something I wanted to bring up is I feel like we're going to keep seeing that trend of a lot of Colin, a lot of Colin um, mixed in. But yeah, this, I, I'm curious. I, I think that we should show it and think about it both ways with and without Cecily as the, the season continues, just because it's going to be, it's going to be a little sad and weird to see what I think will happen of, I think they're going to be like five or six people still below her by the end of the season and it's that's gonna kind of suck and sting for people who have been there all year but i i think right now it's just numbers baby that's uh, all it is that's all it is yeah it's not emotion i think the the current bottom four of punky Devin, marcelo and molly um i think will all be below cecily by the end of the year um well nicole i have to interrupt you because you just nailed it uh, i just did the numbers real quick and if 21 episode season Cecily starts with three zeros, has her six episodes back, and then registered a zero for the rest of the season. Um, her average would go down from currently at a 94.23. That's where we are right now. It would drop down to a 40.39, which would put Ces- Cecily at 14th place ahead of Punky, Devin, Marcelo, and Molly. So exactly what Nicole said would wow. come true if nothing else changes. Right. Now, the big difference here, though, is that when you eliminate Cecily from the show, you open up screen time for everybody else. So everybody's averages mm. should rise accordingly. So mm. if that's the case, that's why I think it's fascinating, because now how does Punky fit in with the cast? Like, how does she improve without Cecily? How does Molly improve without Cecily? Those are things to watch because, you know, roles and sketches where where people fit. I think that's where. Um, yeah, yeah that's, that, that's where I would. And that's twofold because on one hand, it's how does the nature of the types of sketches that go through change, you know, how does whatever is happening change? And then, of course, the more obvious one of how do the existing roles that are going to be there regardless change of who gets the roles? Um, so I think it's going to be a mix like the 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 Cecily roles that would have been written for Cecily and given to Cecily. The, that let's you know continue to talk about of who's going to be assigned those roles but also without Cecily there the the types of sketches and the types of roles written and incorporated are also going to change so I don't think like we've had this conversation before when Beck left we were like who's going to be the new Beck and who's going to fill in all of these different spaces on the show that Beck one of the most versatile cast members of all time like how are different people going to fill those different spots um, but I think something we neglected to really dive into is how is the tone of the show going to change when such a power player leaves? Like, I think, you know, we, I don't think there are going to be as many musical sketches, for example, without Cecily. I don't think 
there's going to be as many Republican women, you know, being made fun of as there there are, um, because nobody does that better than Cecily. So um, that's something I really want us to like keep on thinking about is who gets the role as as we we continue in the spring, like when someone gets a role, being like, oh, I feel like if Cecily were there, that would have gone to Cecily. But also if there's a sketch and we're like, you know what, if Cecily were still here, I feel like something else maybe would have, um, you know, passed through the week instead. Things like that. I feel like the bo- that both of those are going to be interesting to watch. Right. And I do have uh, the episodes, you know, without Cecily. So early in the season of the show and the podcast, talking about the absence of Cecily and how I think one of the first stats I said was that it was the first episode without Kate, 80, or Cecily at the same time. And so that's a much different show than 2012 um, until now. So I was looking at the numbers of everyone, and it's you know it's on the screen right now. If you're watching with us, you can see too uh, that uh, Ego had her best episode when Cecily was gone. So did Devin. So did Dismukes. So did Keenan. Um, Chloe had t- her two best episodes without Cecily. So it's definitely true, and it will continue to be true that without a superstar on the roster, you know, people on the bench will shine more. Uh, I mean, it's goes without saying, but it's fun to see it when it's right here that someone like a Chloe or an Ego, like Nicole said, could be definitely up for a Cecily role. And they were when she was gone. And then they, you know, went back down. Look at Chloe's numbers right now. Season, I'm sorry, season 48, episodes one, two, and three, 93, 87, 108, three high numbers. And then drops down to the 70s, 60s. So then had a, uh, had a good episode here. So uh, yeah, she went down to 28 and 37 earlier. So Chloe Feynman, you know, starts strong, dips, comes back, and then looks like she's on the rise again. So I think Chloe will have a good 2023. I want to talk about Sarah for a second because I've been obviously singing her praises all week long. And I even compared her to Will Ferrell. I think the impact her appearance has just been fantastic i think she's a generational talent that we're seeing just develop before our eyes and every single week she's just putting out something that i think is going to change the game for the future of snl and i think that what's interesting is you wouldn't expect with the type of production she put on throughout december that she would still be 10th on the power rankings but i think if you take a look at this chart pretty closely take a look at sarah's uh, power ranking for each episode. And we start off the season with a very low middling numbers, you know, 37.78, 51.43, 44.84, 32.16. And like, that's not that great. That's that, that's the feature player. And then we get to the last five episodes of the show where she puts up basically a 70, a 58.64, 108.93, 85.91, and 71.42. And to me, that's trending up. And I think um, even something else to, to point out, and I believe this news came out today, that uh, Sarah and Chloe are going to be with Dolly Parton and uh, Miley Cyrus as far as far as the New Year's special on NBC is concerned. And it's like, Another example of them like wanting to get exposure for Sarah, I think her number is going to just keep going up all season long. Yeah, that's a really, I mean, I I always bring up Sarah on here and I, I'm shocked that I wasn't the first to do it because I always am. But um, another interesting thing when you think of the context of we're always fascinated by any time Sarah's on the screen, she's just like electrifying and like the, the impact per second is just unparalleled. Um, but then with more context of things that, that we know and talk about, it makes sense that it's not just every every time she's there, it's just always right away. Like, um, 
for example, the Jewish Elvis, which felt in the moment like it it was it you know without context, it felt like it was written because Austin Butler was the host. It was written because it was Hanukkah. But we know that this sketch actually got cut months ago. You know, so if you look at the first episode, Sarah's power ranking is like one of the lowest that she's had all season and one of the lowest on the whole chart with the 37.78. So, you know, you, you, it feels like all these things are such perfect timing, but then you realize that there's more like that she had to go through her sketch getting cut months ago then. um, And then for now, what feels like perfect timing, you know, for, for an audience member who doesn't listen to our show and isn't tapped into this obsessive degree it's like, oh my gosh, she just wrote a sketch this week because it was Austin Butler, because it was Hanukkah. And of course, because she's Sarah, it was, you know, it passed through right away. Um, so that's, I feel like really important to talk about too, is like, she is making such an impact and is literally my, my favorite cast member to watch right now by a mile. I'm just so excited by everything she does. But you also can see when you look into it deeper that she has to go through these things of like, you know, things getting cut that then become iconic and, and um, stuff like that is, is cool. So, you know, just, just because someone, again, like that also adds context for why she isn't, she's having like a superstar season, but she's not top of the numbers. Um, And then you, you think about it more and it's like, yeah, she hasn't had a Supreme showcase every single episode, but then every chance she gets, she's making it count. For sure. And the only Sarah context I can really add that hasn't been discussed already. And, and Nicole, since you were gone for a couple of shows, I was like, I can talk about Sarah now. Nicole's not here. So I'm just going to like talk about how much I love Sarah Sherman. So I, it's a good opportunity for me to um, do some Sarah talk on here as well. And I think that when she came in, we were like thinking that, okay, new humor. It's weird. Not for everyone. Jew maybe a, What's that? Jew humor as well. Yeah. And so like there's humor, there's, if you will. Yeah. Chuck humor. All right, let's keep going. <laughs> um, and so it was like, okay, relegated to 10 to 1s, the mail-in testing service on her first episode. Then we saw the eyes sketch in the Brendan Gleeson episode. Like, all right, maybe Sarah Sherman is going to be the like 10 to 1 hero of this era. And we'll just kind of have like final cut on her sketches to do something weird and entertain us. And the diehards will love her, but maybe the casual fan won't. And then if you look at her stats since then, only 14% of her screen time is in 10 to 1s. So I think that's a really good sign for Sarah after that eyes sketch that was the 10 to 1 in the Gleason episode is that her sketches are like early in the night. So, I mean, we value that as a community. I know the cast members do that your sketch not only doesn't get cut at dress or cut before dress, but it's like front loaded after the monologue or before up before the first musical guest performance. So things like that, I'm like, I mean, Sarah Sherman, we talked about PDD having an early sketch in the Stephen Marty episode. Um, Sarah Sherman having earlier sketches is also improves her power ranking. I think we're ready to move on to someone we have talked about quite a lot already, and we will continue to do that now. Yeah, sure. So let me just explain exactly what it is we're going to do here, which is this is a stat that Mike and I have been talking about producing for a long time. And the reason that we've been hesitant to do it is because you know, when it comes to episode counts, right, like a lot of people post, and this was a debate we had on the podcast last year, actually, a little bit of like, what is the correct episode count for a cast member? 
Because if you go back in like the first 20 to 25 years of the show, when somebody was absent from the show or not written into the show, they would remove that person from the credits. And then they stopped doing that after a while. So last year on By the Numbers, Mike and I had a big debate about like what actually constitutes an episode for a cast member. And the stat that we're looking at tonight is, you know, we talk a lot about sketch counts, Cecily being in the 900 club, that's a big deal, right? But what is the actual sketch per episode average? If you look at someone's sample sketch, a sample episode as a cast member, how many sketches on average would you predict they would be in? And I was curious, like where Cecily would land, and I wanted to try and figure that out for tonight. So what I did was I went back and I rewatched any time somebody was shut out or absent from an episode, and that <laughs> that took me a long time. But basically, my definition of a shutout is that. You are standing there at the good nights and you have not been in a role that night. So that is a zero across the board. And we also know that you're not like out filming or movie or whatever. Um, and then an absent is you're either completely not written into the show, not in the opening credits, or it is a known fact that you're sick or you're out filming a movie or whatever project. And that does not count or factor into the average to lower it. So I was very diligent about doing this. And now I have the career sketch per episode average of every cast member that's ever been on the show. And I was curious where Cecily would land on it. So before I do bring that up, I thought it'd be fun to play like a little bit of a game with you guys and ask you, who you think is at the top. So I'm going to give you some clues. We'll do like some blank items here. I'll give you the episode count for the person and their sketch per average, their sketch per episode average. And you tell me who you think is the person that's at the top of the list. We'll do maybe the top five. We'll see how this goes. And then I'll reveal where Cecily lands on this list. So you guys ready for this? Number one on the list is a cast member who appeared in 153 Okay, so sorry. Let me just clarify also. I eliminated any cast member who has been in less than 30 episodes. And the reason I did this is because I count those as outliers as far as the stat is concerned. Yes, I see in the chat our friend Eric says Charlie Rocket's at the top here. Charlie Rocket was a has a 6.92. He was in 12 episodes of the show in season six with a very small cast. But I think that's an outlier here. So I wanted to look at only cast members who have been in at least 30 episodes for the purposes of this chart today. So we'll just have some fun with it. So uh, Mike and Nicole, who is number one on this list in 153 episodes with a 6.35 sketch per episode average? Phil Hartman. Yeah, yeah, Phil yeah. Hartman <laughs> across the board. Yeah, Phil Hartman, 100%, 153 episodes, 6.35. Only Charlie Rocket, who's been in 12 episodes, who I consider an outlier. Um, and Phil Hartman is the real number one in this stat. So that's there. He's the only one who has over a six. That's incredible numbers. Okay. And did Next up, uh, Phil Hartman yeah. ever um, miss an episode to have a zero when you rewatched? So Phil Hartman never had an absent or a shutout. All right. In 153 episodes. No. It's, it's more common now, but before it was pretty rare for a star to ever miss a show. So I wanted to make sure it was Phil. Yes. And it, by the way, there's a big, I've heard this a lot of times. There's a big argument of Phil had a smaller cast or whatever. Like season 17, the show, like season 18, like there were still like 17 or 18 cast members. Like it's not like, uh, it's, you know, Phil, Phil put up like historic numbers during those years. And okay. the voice work Next is up. big. For sure. Huge. He did all the deep cuts, all that stuff. Okay. This is, this is an interesting one. I'm curious if you get it. Okay. Uh, 72 episodes of the show, 5.39. 
So that's that's the next one. 72 episodes. So picture that. That's about uh, three and a half seasons on average ish, maybe four seasons, depending and what's on the time. And then what's the other? 5.39. Person in second place and the person in third place, 5.39 and 5.38, both were in 72 episodes. I think John tipped me off when he said the seasons. I think I have a guess. Okay, go ahead, Mike. I, I just, it made me think of Bill Murray because of when he came in, was like in everything. He was the new Chevy. And then like 72 episodes sounds about like three and a half years. So he came in at the, the Ralph Nader episode and then did like three more seasons. Yeah, so that is correct. So Bill Murray yeah. is actually in third place, 72 episodes, 5.38. Number two, Eric in the chat guessed it. Joe Piscopo is mm, in second nice. place, mm, 5.39. Mm. Go, so a lot of, yeah, so that's a great call there. This I'll give you, I'll give you a little bit more context, Goose. So the 139 episodes of the show uh 5.25 and this is the number one woman on the list 139 episodes 5.25 sketch per episode average is it Kristen? no it's not Kristen. it's not Kristen. Kristen is six on the list so this person is a number four okay mike you gotta guess this is the highest average sketch per episode for any woman in snl history with 30 plus episode credits with a minimum of 30 episodes yeah Actually, regardless of the minimum of 30 episodes, there is okay. no one above this one. Is it Maya? It's not. It is Amy Poehler, 139 Ooh. episodes, 5.25 sketches per episode. Okay. I'll give you number five, 136 episodes, a 5.24. This is a man. So around the same amount of episodes as Amy, 136. Big name on the show. Danny Carvey. Nicole, you got a guess? Will Ferrell. It is Will Ferrell. There you go. Great guess, Nicole. Nice. All right. So let me present to you where we have here, and I'll show you where Cecily falls on the list. So uh, obviously, there's a lot of numbers here, so this is kind of fun to take a look at. But here we go. Phil Hartman, number one, 153 episodes, 6.35. Piscopo next with Bill Murray on, on third, both 72 episodes, 5.39 and 5.38. Amy Poehler, 139, 5.25. Will Ferrell, 136, 5.24. Then we mentioned Kristen Wiig, 135 episodes, 5.18. And by episode count, I mean only episodes they appeared in. So it's not when they're credited, it's only appeared in. They're not absent, they're not shut out. Chevy Chase is my minimum, right? 30 episodes he did, 5.13. The original star of the show, 5.13. Dan Aykroyd next, 86 episodes, 5.03. Then we get into the fours. Bill Hader, 160 episodes, 4.86. Taryn Killam, 128 episodes, 4.78. Gilda Radner, 106, 4.73. Chris Parnell, 146 episodes. Very interesting SNL career where he's actually fired halfway through. Uh, comes back, 146 episodes, 4.51. And then we get to the 4.5s, okay? Three people at 4.5, 13th place. Beck Bennett, 164 episodes, 4.5. Tim Kazarinski, 60 episodes, 4.5. And Cecily Strong, who appeared in 202 episodes as a cast member, 4.5. So love to get your thoughts on the list here and where people land. And I'll just say the most fascinating part of doing this was this list just on its own represents all eras of the show. We don't leave out yeah. any era of the show. So is is this comprehensive? I think it's pretty good. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll start. I think this is, you, you see this and it's it represents every era. Like you said, John, it represents so many different tones and styles of sketches people who appear at all points of the night you know definitely a lot of cold open power players on here but um I mean I guess if I'd say one thing was not 
so represented, it would be people who are most known for their 10 to ones. You know, we don't see, we see people who are more known for cold opens than for 10 to ones, but like, you know, these people on this list appear all over an episode. So I, I think, yeah, this, I mean, as far as any type of stat that we've talked about that spans the whole show, this one feels like the one that most, you know, there's, there's, there's a way it sort of shows that there is a formula that has sort of been uh, consistent this whole time. And when someone makes an argument that, like you said, John, the cast is bigger now, or the rules are different or things like that, you know, then you pull up a stat like this and it's like the show has been pretty consistent all this time, um, which is kind of satisfying to see. Yeah. Michael, love to get your thoughts as well. Yeah, first of all, love the stat. My brother in stats, John, with the with the A plus work. So if you're sitting at your cube with your AirPods on, please give him a uh, you know round of applause. It's really good stuff. And my favorite thing that stood out to me is I see two names on here that if I was asked by somebody who is you know you're you're really into SNL clearly like who's the most underrated? There's two names on here that I would bring up because you know if you ask people. Even five years ago, like pre Ted Lasso, they'd be like, Sadekis, he didn't get enough love and stuff. And now, like, he's so beloved. Like, there's two names on here Taryn Killam and Tim Kazarinski, that I think are two of the most underrated cast members ever. That includes super fans of the show that we do, you know, the three of us included, um, or casuals who might not even know those names. So I see those and I'm like, I love stats that shine a light on not just the Kate McKinnons and Will Farrells. Um, so that that's what I love to see here. And I mean, everything else basically makes sense. I love the comment, John, about how it represents different eras. And some make sense, like Chevy and Bill Murray, which were like total like definition leading men. Um, and Joe Piscopo, when with Eddie Murphy, you know, with and without was kind of that too. He was in everything. So yeah, so, it's a great stat to have. Thanks. Yeah. And I have I have a couple fun questions here. So first off, is there a name not on the list that you would think would be on this list of top, let's say this is the top 15, uh, minimum 30 episodes that you would expect to be here that you don't see? Probably Dana. Okay, interesting. So Dana Carvey, if I can find that really quickly, Dana Carvey is a 3.88 good for the 43rd among all cast members ever. Did he have um, shout outs? Dana Carvey never was shut out, but he was absent yeah. for two episodes. So I think that's while he was filming Wayne's World. So and just in 125. Yeah. To be clear to all the listeners, because you know we love to have debates over stats, is what the show is for. Um, Cecily was in the 46 premiere. It was Jim Carrey, Alec Baldwin debate sketch, one of the longest cold opens of all time, and Cecily popped in as Kimberly Guilfoyle in the thought bubble of Trump. So not shut out, but not there. So I'm assuming you counted that because she was in the episode, but was not there. It yes, was, you know, yes. that would be that would have been counted. But obviously, you know, getting a one for that episode would lower. Right. the average, So right? that actually so, hurt her in the long yeah. run. Yes, for sure. Nicole, is any names on this list that you would expect to be there? I mean, I was going to say Kate McKinnon, but then we've, we've had the conversation of Cecily. Be, uh, largely because of voiceovers like Cecily in a lot of stats is is above Kate so now that we've really talked that through I'm I'm not shocked but I I, I mean that's for me um I would expect I would expect Kate to be not on this list but like the next tier if we were to add like you know the next 10 names I, I would guess that, that Kate is is on the next 10 after this am I correct 
Uh, you are correct if you do minimum 30 episodes. Uh, Kate is at a 4.08. So uh, 211 episodes she was credited, missed seven of those episodes. Uh, she was absent for seven of those. So that puts her at 204 episodes and a 4.08. Uh, she's right behind Lorraine Newman at a 4.09. And then uh, right ahead of Keenan, 3.99. So oh, actually, Maya Rudolph is at a four. So uh, that's around the range that she's in. Um Okay, so here's uh, so I, I do want to ask you guys what your thoughts are on Cecily and her place on this list, and then I'll ask you one more fun question. So, Mike, how do you feel about Cecily coming in here, and where she is she where is she where you thought she would be, basically? Uh, she is, but it's a little unfair because I have um, the the recent news of nine hundred. So, if I didn't have that number in my head, maybe I'd be a little bit more impressed. But I just know that Cecily's been in so much. Like Phil is very Phil like in the um, work that she did on the show, so that doesn't surprise me. Um, so yeah, I, I think maybe speaking of Cecily strictly is that she's probably the, you know, the only, Oh, Beck Bennett's tied with her, but the only kind of representation of the, the last era. So we have Kristen, we have Amy, Will Ferrell, and like I said, Taryn Killam. So they're more recent as far as in the last 30, you know, 20, 30 years, but, uh, Beck Bennett and Cecily strong, like complete utilities and stars in their own right. So. That's that's my comment on Cecily, I guess. I mean, that episode count is huge. That's the you know, most by any woman, right? Her and Kate, that's it. Uh yeah. Yeah, hundred percent. I'll also add an opinion, and this this we've talked about a little bit, but when there is the the you know, you're you're taking out an outlier of if Cecily is gone to do a play or a TV show for a few weeks, right? Then that doesn't affect this. So So yeah, yes, exactly. They would be absent, yeah. not shut out, so it would not affect the average. Exactly. So I'm under the the belief that when this this era, especially the last couple of years, that tone has changed where if someone is like, you know, a, a, has been there for a long time and has that relationship with the show, you know, like Cecily, Kate, Abby, Keenan, people like that have taken time off to go pursue other projects and then come back. I do think that when people are afforded that and then they come back and now Cecily has done that more than once. Um, and you know, she did it for her last time because now she's not a cast member, but when you leave for a few weeks and come back, I think that you're, that you're put into more sketches. Like when Kate came back after being gone last season, that Billie Eilish episode, it was Kate, 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 Kate everywhere. And so I think Cecily has had that now multiple times, um, where the last few years it's like, oh, Cecily's in the building. Oh, write her in. Oh, Cecily's here. Write her in, write her in, write her in. Um, and so I do think that there's some benefit to the fact that not not only does she not only do those absences not affect her score negatively, but you could argue that someone like Cecily, even having absences actually in a way that we can't prove in this like empirical fashion, but you can argue that most likely those absences actually increase her score because when you're a superstar with absences and then you're present, you're going to be written in more. So I think that she is one of the few people on this list because it is more of a new era thing to be able to leave and come back. She's like probably the only person on this whole list to benefit from absences. And I, I think that's not something we can prove, but I feel like just subjectively, I feel like that is absolutely the truth. 
the truth. Well, it, here's how we could prove it. Basically, like, I, and you're probably right because she was absent for 13 episodes out of the 215 that she was credited in, which is the most of anybody at the top of this list, um, which is interesting. And then, like, the next lowest would be Maya, who uh, had her sketch per episode average was four. Uh, she also was absent for 13 and got shot out once. But yeah, she's the highest. Uh, like, out of all these people, she's been absent the most on the list. So I would definitely say it raises it. And to your point, even more. So Cecily, in 31 sketches this season, only appeared in six episodes of the show, which would give you a sketch per episode average just for the season, uh, 5.17, obviously above her current average of 4.5. So she clearly raised her average before she left the show this season which goes to show you that being absent for three episodes may actually have helped in, you know, if you look at certain uh, parameters when you're looking at the stat. I had a question for you, John, as far as just for fun. Yeah. Uh, did you have any situations where you had to do some fun research to figure out why someone wasn't in the show or simple as seeing them in the goodnights? Yeah. So, okay. So this is, this is a very interesting question. I have to also, uh, there, there's uh, a lot of our listeners know there's a amazing website and a uh, friend of the podcast, Stooge, who put together this blog called one SNL day a few years ago, where he recapped every single episode. And a lot of our listeners, I know, uh, were following along contributing in the comments. That was actually a big resource for me to go back and check out some of these episodes where people were shut out and go there because at the time, a lot of people in the comments and stuff in those blogs were like, Oh yeah, well, so-and-so was absent because they were filming this or whatever. And I was like, okay, it's sort of like filled in some blanks for me so it helped but like the the craziest part really during doing this research is going back and basically like zooming in on the good nights and like seeing like whose head is blocking like who's standing behind them and like who looks pissed in the background and stuff like that and there's like there are so many cases of this throughout the history of the show and it's really funny to sort of see and you know i'd say uh you want to know who was i think i had this written down um, who was shut? Do you know who was shut out the most in the history of the show? It's kind of obvious, but I was curious if you can guess who that was. Nicole, you have a guess. I mean, in the history of the show, okay, is it someone recent or no? It's somebody recent, yeah. Which Aristotle, the most time. Uh, no, no, Luke so, Null. Else. Luke Null. It's no, no, it's uh, Melissa Villasenor was shut out 11 times in the history of her career at the show, uh, which is like a really, really high number. And then um, last question I'll ask, and then we'll move on to our next segment, which is out of this list of top 15 players that you see here, uh, yeah, 15 that's on this list on screen, only two of them have ever been shut out, uh, both one time. So can you guess out of this list of 15 great SNL cast members who had incredible careers in the show, only two of them had one shutout. Guess who it is? Yes, I'm ready for my okay. guess. Wait, how many? Okay. Two? There's two, with Parnell. two people on here had one. Taryn Killam and Chris Parnell. Okay, you got you both got Parnell. It, Taryn okay. never was shut out. Okay. So, give you one more guess. Um, Tim. Okay. Mike got another guess. Um, I don't know. Wig. Throw out anybody. Kristen? Very it's surprising. It's not Kristen. That no way. I mean, I have no idea. It's Bill Hader. Bill Hader was shut out once at the beginning mm. of his career. So Bill Hader has one shut out. I could see name. I could see that at the start. Yeah. yeah. So that was interesting. So that is okay. a zero on the board for Bill that lowered his average. Arnell was the other one who had a shutout once. So yeah. uh, anyways, yeah, there's obviously like a million. This is like sort of uh, it's it's a fairly obvious stat, but it's a fun stat for us to sort of look at. And there's a lot of different ways that we can play with this stat when we're going through. I data. have one way. Sure. Yeah. Sorry, well, I, mean, something else. I was just thinking. Only once for Parnell is kind of low to be fired. And then I'm like, 
what's the average number of shutouts for people who were fired? Well, um, you mean fired after the season or fired mid-season? I guess I guess Parnell was fired after question. the season too. But yeah, uh, we, could, um, we could look into both. Because <laughs> yes, doesn't that feel kind of low for for someone who was fired? Yes, I mean, like you have to factor in. Like I, I believe there are some like some budget issues there as well. But yes, yeah. he was obviously brought back. Um, and but then yes. Again. Yeah. 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 Like I think uh like another interesting case of this is like Jim Belushi, who was fired mm-hmm. like partway through a season and then brought back during that same season. So there's some other uh interesting examples here. But yeah, of course, if you're a listener and you're enjoying us, like just nerd out about this stat and you think there's something else you're interested in knowing about it or us exploring other ways to use it, uh the data is, you know, always shared with Nicole and Mike so they can bring this up on other uh shows and I'll always update it as we go through the episodes uh live throughout the season and take a look as we'll see, you know, the next cast member that's currently present on the show that has the highest average right now would be keenan thompson who is sitting at a 3.99 so we'll look if he continues to climb up this list as he continues to go on in the show i got a quick question john yeah um what about pete what's what's his number what is pete davidson's number pete for his didn't career? always appear in the good nights even if he was in the building right and yeah, like so a lot pete, of his absences like i, I would rough, I, I get asked this question to... by fans a lot too is like you know, is, is that, you know, it was Pete missing because he didn't want to be there or is missing because he was not anything. He didn't show up or there's a lot of scenarios. So I'm just curious what his number is and what your process was. Yeah. So Pete is a 2.59, which is good for a hundred and eighth among all cast members ever. Pete was absent for 14 episodes. And of course, like I said, I'm generous with the absences. If I know like you're not in the building for the entire week, you're filming a show or you're living with the Kardashians, whatever it was, but you're not a part of SNL that week. Like to me, that's an absence, not a shutout. But there were three cases where I found where he was completely shut out, where he was clearly there for the week. He's in the good nights and he shut out. So he had three zeros that were added to his average 14 episodes of the 164 he was credited for. He did not appear. Uh, so I believe those 17 missed episodes are the high in SNL history, actually, he missed 17 episodes during his credited time on the show. There's no other cast member in the history of the show that's missed that many episodes, be it absence or uh, or shutouts. Uh, you know, that in the history of the show, even people who were like pregnant and missed part of the season didn't miss the Pete Davidson attendance award. That, that's that's a good piece. Yeah. <laughs> that's great. Yeah, they I won most absence in eighth that. grade. So <laughs> that shocks me, John. I feel like you would have been the perfect attendance kid. No, no. Uh, oh my no, god! That, wow. That yeah. Reckless. Um, yeah. So that that's that fun stat that we brought up tonight. And then uh, what's coming up next, guys? I just thought we'd be remiss if we didn't just look at Cecily Strong's now final season because it's small sample size; it's only six episodes, um, and just look at what her season was and how we how we now view it through the lens of it being in the past. So usually, like you know, we did great retrospectives on Kyle and Pete and Kate and 80 and you know but that was in the off season like we're in the middle of the season Cecily has left and I wanted to just bring up her full stats so you can enjoy them but also just kind of reflect on the season that she had whether we think it was necessary to come back or leave with Kate and 80 just I wanted to kind of get your opinion John and Nicole of how you view Cecily's last season. Was it a really strong one? Was it more of the same? Um, or is anything in this season in particular extremely memorable outside of her farewell episode and her farewell sketch? What do you think, John? Big question, I know, but I'm curious. 
Yeah, I mean, I think she had a really strong, no pun intended, last season on the show. Obviously, she ranks high in, ex- in every category. I was just fascinated to watch as she continued to climb the sketch counts and ends up, you know, like would have clearly dominated the season last year. I think she finished third in sketch counts behind Chris Red and Keenan Thompson. So you know, clearly one of the stars of the show. I mean, I'll, I am happy to openly admit to our listeners when I'm wrong about something. Like, I did not expect Cecily to leave halfway through the season. I totally felt like if she was going to leave, like, why not leave with her counterparts in the spring? Why not just, you know, like, you know, go through this, go through the motions of going through the season? And truth be told, like, yeah, I have heard from people at the show that they sort of expected Cecily to stick around for a long time. So this was a very big surprise for me. And yeah, I mean, I guess, like, it goes to show you like leaving at the top of your game is probably the right call in this case where she leaves with some like really big moments on the show including this season i really felt like she was like bringing it in every sketch that she was in this episode being no exception i think numbers back it up and yeah i I think we were we were looking at like another historic season for another all-time cast member so um yeah, I, I don't know what, what else there is to say besides the fact that, like, I think she's just leaving a hole at the show that I'm excited to see who's going to fill it. But certainly she's been a major part of the success of SNL over the last 11 years. I um, I mean, a few a few reasons to maybe weigh and not leave with four other people or I- as we know now, more than four other people left in the spring, but she did get three goodbye sketches, which would not have been possible if she left with you know, a cohort in the spring. So that was nice. I feel like she has a lot of, lot of, lot of goodbye sketches. Um, but yeah, I mean, also I, I think that she like started new, th- like with 80, I, th- I said this last year of all the people who left in the spring, I wouldn't say that 80 was my favorite, but I would say that 80 was the one who I was going to miss the most. Um, and that's because I feel like she was like still building up momentum, you know, like, with Bowen, like so much with them, with Sarah, like, I just feel like she had more to bring that she hadn't brought yet. And she was introducing new, new characters and, and new dynamics with different writers. Celeste M and AD had a really great, um, you know, collaborative relationship at the show, things like that. Um, so I feel like with Cecily, I didn't necessarily feel that way last year, but now I do feel that way. So like you said, John, I think it is good to leave on a high. Cause I'm like, Oh, I feel like she actually had different things to offer, like her the Carrie Lake stuff that felt really fresh and a version of what she's done before. You know, all these like kooky, out of touch politicians that she's so good at at you know conveying. But um, yeah, I, I do feel like she's leaving in a good place where I I like yearning to see more of her. I think you know leave something to be desired. Absolutely. So yeah, all of this. I mean, it's it's so impressive to you <laughs> to see that she's. She's climbed the stats like she has climbed the ranks of all of these numbers. Um, I mean, the prime time one being her being first for that, first for screen time. It's just first, first time for screen time per appearance, like all these things. It's just really great. And it's all across the board, you know, update, yeah. she's high up. It's, it's, it's amazing. So she really got to be like a legend. Like, I feel like she was... A, su- a superstar her last few seasons, but th- her very last season, I feel like she was a legend. She was like, anytime she was there, that presence was felt of like, oh, this is just a legend, you know, not even like the star of the show, but like, oh, like a, 
a legend of time. I think the most impactful to answer your question, Mike, about like besides her goodbye, what I would take from the season, I think Nicole nailed it. I think the Carrie Lake stuff was like really strong. Uh, I'm not saying it was like legendary, but it was just like very strong stuff that we haven't uh, that, that like really added to the show this season. And then I just think like last week's the science room sketch is going to be one like that everyone's going to probably like take away from the season as being like one of the fun moments of having like Steve and Marty in as recurring sketch that we just like don't get many of the season. So the fact that like Cecily was back and then they were able to do that sketch, I think was a really important one. But besides that, I mean, I just think she was just like sort of like a really good bit role player that was in like a ton of sketches this season. Yeah. I'm looking at her full appearance list. Um, John, if you scroll over a little bit and just, you know, just put up her appearances for this season, um, including the three voiceovers she did. And uh, yeah, like, again, like, you know, it's in hindsight, her three biggest appearances um, were, I guess, obviously the blue Christmas one, but the, the science room and the cold open from Stephen Marty blocking it up for Christmas. She did Tammy the trucker um, and then her Not too, goodbye yeah. update appearance. So I think those five right there are very easy because she's on screen so long to point at as big Cecily moments. But I like what you said about like, yeah, just kind of supporting roles too, like the Jets fan <laughs> sketch. Um, the ultrasound when she was a doctor with with Kiki, um, and the choir practice with Kiki that was good, and the Hello Kitty sketch I loved. So like things like that for sure I can point to with Cecily. And the stats that Nicole was alluding to earlier are also up on screen. Her ranks amongst this season's cast. And then I wanted to wrap up by talking about who her screen partners were in her last season because I kind of had a thought that if she knew she was going out. You know, the cast members don't have control of everything they do on the show, but maybe she'd want to work with her favorites before she left. So I'm like, who did Cecily appear with the most in her final season? So I took all her sketches that she physically was in, not the voices, because she records those in a studio, not on set with these people. So I was looking at all the cast, and I, I put how many times she appeared in the same sketch with her fellow cast member. And those results, I'll, I'll read the ones at the top. Bowen Yang, 16. Keenan, 13. Mikey, 12. JJ, 12. And Heidi, 11. So when you guys look at this list, do you think it's a matter of these people appear the most? Or do any of these combos scream like Cecily and blank is a combo that was either not seen enough or you'll really miss? Well, if you flip... J.A.J. and Colin Jost on this list, then basically I'm thinking of who appeared in the Blue Christmas sketch with, with Cecily. And for, like if you if you flip J.A.J. and Colin, everyone who appeared with her in that sketch is the top one, two, three, four, five, six people, plus the, you know, the four newbies. But, you know, if you remove them for a second, like I think this, yeah, the, the top people here are the ones who were in that with her. Um, and then J.A.J. being the exception, of course, they appear together a lot because of the cold opens, because they were both in a lot of cold opens. So for me, I see it as, as yeah, what you said, like people who were important to her is are the people that she appeared with the most. And then you see, it, it's basically, to me, I read this as people who she loves working with and are important to her and people who are, it, like the patterns that are undeniable, namely cold opens. That's sort of um, what I see here. 
I think the most interesting aspect of this particular stat is the three at the bottom, like not Joseph Jay, but Sarah Sherman, Punky Johnson, and Andrew Dismukes. Like, who isn't working with Cecily? And now that she's gone, like that spot they could sort of take because they don't necessarily have that on screen chemistry. So, like, Sarah and Cecily were not in as much together. Punky and Cecily, not in as much. And Dismukes, especially not as much. And I think Dismukes is like, from a statistical perspective, this is something that Mike and Sammy talked about and Mike and Bill talked about the last few weeks as like being like the secret one who was sort of like harmed by Cecily coming back in the show because they had to fill roles for Cecily. They did not put the typical Dismukes section of the show in. And we got that this week, very fortunately. But now I sort of feel like he's the one like only in three sketches this year with Cecily that is off the board. So there seems like there's going to be more room for these bottom players. I was also thinking of uh, PDD. Uh, did Cecily ever appear in one of their um, pre-tapes? Not I that I can of, think I couldn't of, think no. of one. Um, no. Just as far as, not that that's deliberate. I mean, I, I like that PDD has worked with Molly and Sarah, and that we saw Devin and Marcelo in the last one. So, you know, they're, they're newbies, and they should, you know, be encouraged to work with the newbies too, not just rely on Keenan uh, or someone like that. So Cecily not being in one of those isn't really a red flag. It just interesting because she seems to be everywhere else um but yeah with with cecily appearing with bo and yang i mean i have to say the obvious i mean they were a duo especially when you take out 80 and kate so cecily and bowen for better or worse was definitely an on-screen pairing and then yeah is there anyone here that you see that would you have liked to see her work more with chloe Feynman or dismukes or is it just arbitrary what do you think john yeah, I don't I, I, I want to give you a good answer, but like I'm not gonna fake it. Like I, I think that she worked really well with certain people and like those were her people and most of them are gone. But clearly like Keenan and Bowen are there and like that was who she was gonna bond with and, and work with this season. Clearly did that. And I think had she stayed for the rest of the season, the Bowen and Keenan and Cecily pairings would have been like astronomical. But now that she's gone, like we have more opportunities to see other pairings. I agree. I think yeah. a lot of those people are are in jail now, and she's joining them there. So, you know, her and Kate and Aidy, they they will be together. Um, so, yeah, I I echo what John said. I mean, of course, there's a part of me that wonders what could have been of like a Sarah Cecily partnership, but I also feel like I I love both of them, and I I do see their styles as kind of different and it's like I, I I love both styles but I also I don't feel like a longing to see what would have been if they had worked together more I'm like I feel like I can you know I'm not going to lose sleep over wondering what what could have been of, of a more fruitful uh comedic partnership there I can promise you in five years from now we're going to be like uh, Cecily Strong may come back to host or something and we're gonna be like was Cecily ever in a sketch with Sarah like we're never gonna remember that you know like that's the type yeah. of thing and it's like it's it's a little bit of a shame and I understand but I do feel like Cecily Strong um is is you know like as good as it gets with fitting in with all different types of people but clearly she had her people that she liked to work with yeah and, like, I mean I'll even throw that. in you know Vanessa who hasn't been there for a few years of course but like in my office today we were re-watching like Vanessa and Cecily stuff and it's like you see that this chemistry of something, you know, many years in the making. And, um, you know, on one hand, Cecily was great at working with new people, but also there's something you just can't fake um, that just takes time to build up. And she had that with Kate, with Aidy, with Cecily, with Beck, with Kyle, um, with so many people. So I think there's something beautiful about the show and how it's cyclical. And, 
you know, it's great when people like, like in 80, no one could work better and faster with new people than 80 is what I felt last year in the last couple of years. But there is something beautiful about seeing people grow together and have this undeniable chemistry that took time to cultivate, um, you know, and then they move on and then you start to invest in that with new, new people who have new dynamics together. And so that's sort of like the, the circle of SNL life. And it's, it's beautiful. My last Cecily compliment I want to give her, I think is a huge one is that she has a quality that is shared by, you know, I don't want to say few cast members, but really exemplifies it, which is like the Keenan characteristic, which is this performer is so um, talented, uh, can adapt, versatile to be a really security blanket cast member for a host. So looking at how much she appears as a one-two punch with a host Keenan does that a lot, or Keenan will be the A player in the sketch as the game show host or whatever, like whatever he was in the Marzipan sketch. Um, things like that, that like, you know, just Keenan or Cecily will give them the ball, they'll get the sketch to the end zone. And I feel like that's with first time hosts a lot because they're, you know, more green to the show and they don't maybe Lauren might want a trustworthy person there. But if anything, I'd say about Cecily, versatile and very trustworthy in a live sketch like Keenan that can just do anything anytime, probably rewrites their, you know, cue cards, all these things that you need a Cecily for. So that might be an underrated quality of her leaving, not just great characters and great comedic performances, but just like a seasoned veteran that's walked out the door that when you bring in a first time host, you want that person there. So it's not just about working with Bo and Yang or Kate, it's like working with the host who doesn't know anyone. So I think Cecily deserves like enormous praise for that quality she's brought. I agree. And I think you did a really good job displaying all different aspects of Cecily's career tonight. So it was a lot of fun to break it down. Thanks. It was fun to, fun to watch. I mean, rare occurrence to see a legend like that just go out and like, all right, here's the data. Yeah, I don't think we've ever uh, done that to this extent before. Having someone leave the show and we dive into the data just a couple of days later. So it's a, it's a first for us too. Here on the Saturday Night Network by the numbers edition. New things happen every day over here. So anything else? Do any anything that we want to sort of wrap up about 2022 and bring into the, the new year? Anything that we want to say? Well, I think you should put a pin in that, though, because I, I want to just remind the listeners that this isn't the last time you're going to hear from us before, as far as By the Numbers is concerned, before we come back. We will do a mid-season By the Numbers show before the first episode in January that will sort of wrap up everything we saw in the fall and then preview what's happening in the spring. So, yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I really enjoyed a lot of the stuff we saw here. Statistically, I think Mike is the guy who would tell you what it all means, but I, I think that we're going to have a whole show to break that down, and I'm excited for it. Yes, I meant in a very abstract, metaphysical sense of anything numbers-related that you want to sort of wrap up, you know, as we close this calendar year and, and enter into a new beginning. You know, the solstice is upon us, things like that. I meant it um, in a very spiritual sense. Anything I mean, for it you, could, Mike? could be a lucky year, 2023. You know, we got we lucky seven. So Bingo. Maybe, maybe that's it. It's going to be a good year for us. I Let's see hope. it. I like it. 
could be. I mean, 2023 is Michael Jordan's number, GOAT. So, I mean, does that mean oh. we're going to get some GOAT performances? It'll be interesting to see what we get. It will. It will. All right. Well, anything else we want to bring up today? Um, no, but can I, uh, like, I guess it's plug time. I don't know. Easier yeah, show, so I don't know. Plug, plug yeah. away. Plug it in. Okay. Well, let me go first and just say what's happening here on the network. Uh, very excited because, uh, if you've been sticking with us all through 2022, thank you. Wow. It's been like 130 shows and it's been a blast to do them. And we still have a couple more before the new year ends. So to wrap up our Austin Butler and Lizzo coverage this week, we have one more show tomorrow night and it's a patron feedback show and it's very fun. It's going to be a little bit different. It's going to be sort of like what we did in May at the end of 47. I'm going to have TJ Randolph on with me as a co-host for tomorrow night. We'll be live for a couple hours. We're going to bring in a bunch of patrons to talk through the first half of the season for about 15 minutes at a time, 15, 20 minutes. We'll have some fun. It'll be be like very loose and silly and having a good time so if you like the patron feedback shows because you like that format join us tomorrow night and that'll be the last regular show of the year and then next monday brace yourselves because we got a long show coming up to you it's going to be another draft and this time we are drafting the ultimate episode of saturday night live we'll explain all the rules to you on monday but essentially we have the choice of any segment from the history of the show to build your own episode including a cold open a monologue live sketches pre-tapes update and music and we had all of the draft competitors there to try and select segments from the history of the show to build their ultimate episode that they would want to show people it got crazy a lot of picks were taken really early that people wanted and it was just a wild fun draft so join us on monday night for that and brace yourselves <laughs> and then of course best of 2022 will come out at the beginning of the new year so thanks for everybody for checking out all our content i appreciate it thank you all mike what anything you want to say plugs anything uh my one plug it's cecily leaving and christmas is coming up go rewatch the serial podcast pre-tape with cecily because one of my favorite sketches of all time. I don't know if it's in the Christmas, uh, you know, best of that they show on TV. I was actually podcasting, I think, with Bill when it was on TV, so I missed it. But I love that sketch so much when Cecily plays uh, Sarah Koenig, the host of Serial Podcast about Santa Claus. It's great. If you haven't seen it, go watch it right now. Um, and then I have to wrap up by thanking everyone who listens to this show. The reason that this is a weekly show is because of you listening. And it's a ton of fun. We have so much more to give you next year. So thanks to everybody who watches and listens. Yes, I, I co-signed that. Thank you, everyone who has stuck with us, who's patient with us, who all of those things. We really, really, really appreciate it. It's been so much fun to do this more often and to think I feel like we've deepened the way that we I know I I have, you know, thought of new patterns that I look for because we're doing it more often. I'm like, I'm, I feel like I'm, you know, my, my senses, I've, I've turned on new levels of analysis and, and thinking patterns in my brain because we're doing it more often. And again, the reason we're doing it more often is because we have people who like to listen to it. So we really appreciate that. And um, yeah, happy holidays, happy Hanukkah, Merry Christmas, happy Kwanzaa, happy non-denominational atheist you know, I'm, I didn't mean to just say hell. I swear. Um, I was about to say holidays and sounded. Oop. Have an amazing whatever you, whatever you are or aren't. Either way is valid. Shout out to Krampus. Shout out to Krampus. Whatever you are is valid, and whatever you aren't is also valid. And thank you for listening. And cheers to the new year upon us. <laughs>